This Knowledge at Wharton podcast was produced in conjunction with Ernst & Young's Global Private Equity Center. For more information, please visit www.ey.com slash private equity. We're speaking today about how the world of private equity is changing with Stephen Summit, a senior fellow and lecturer at Wharton, and with Philip Bass, global private equity markets leader at Ernst & Young. Our topic today is how PE has shifted dramatically since the financial crisis, the days of earning profits through financial engineering and rapid portfolio turnover seem unlikely to return in the foreseeable future, but in its place is what's being called business transformation, where investors park their money for longer terms than they used to, and where value is being generated fundamentally by rebuilding underperforming companies. Uh, and my question is, is this an inevitable maturing of the industry that was going to happen anyway, and is just coming faster because of the financial crisis, or, or was it the crisis that just changed the nature of the business, at least for the moment? Uh, Steve, maybe you could start for us. I think it's an, it's an important question. I believe most private equity professionals in the United States and Europe would perhaps agree that it accelerated what was an inevitable change to be. Uh, on the other hand, the disciplines associated with leverage buyout and financial restructuring, financial reengineering, and recapitalization uh, were so finely developed and for the most part were working well enough where I suspect most professionals and most of the PE funds were reluctant to make the change more towards operational engineering and, and um, uh, strategy refinement. But the financial crisis uh, we still speak of it as if it were um, immediate, but we're five years post at this point, uh, did, did change uh, fundamentally the availability of leverage and the way deals could be structured. So as a result, there has been more emphasis on the operating aspects of companies. Now, notice I said the United States and Europe because in the emerging markets, by contrast, financial engineering was never really a fundamental part of the strategy. Uh, leverage in very few markets is available the way it was in the U.S. and Europe. Uh, and the emphasis there really had to be on or reorganization, restructuring, in those instances where funds were able to take control positions. In those instances where they were taking minority positions, for example, in family-run enterprises that were seeking additional capital, uh, there they would take even more subtle approaches to influencing uh, change and growth in companies. Uh, Philip, what's, what's your view on that? No, I agree 100% with Steve. I think when we take a look at, at private equity over the last couple of years, especially uh, in the downturn, you know, when we reflect back, I mean, as everybody knows, we didn't think private equity. I mean, there were people that didn't think private equity was going to make it, and the exact opposite has happened. And that private equity really rolled up their sleeves uh, and worked hand in hand with their portfolio companies to transform those businesses and position themselves, uh, those portfolio companies, uh, for success. Uh, there surely was some element of uh, you know ca you know adjusting the capital structures. But all in all, it was really around uh, business transformation and the focus on organic growth and value creation, which uh, 
is really what got uh, a lot of the portfolio companies to where they are today. I mean, let's face it, uh, as Steve said, you know, private equity makes money off of three things, the use of leverage, rising multiples, and business transformation. We've done a couple, you know, we've done an exit study in the last five to six years, both in the U.S. and in Europe. And what rises up out of that, uh, especially when you take a look over the five- and six-year period, is it's really business transformation, which is given the biggest, uh, the largest driver of EBITDA growth. Uh, and I guess with leverage down now uh, and not getting the lift from the overall market, we don't think that's going to change going forward. So when we look at the future, we really believe that uh, it's going to be this ability to transform businesses, which is going to make or break private equity. And we think that private equity really has done quite well in adapting to the environment over the last couple of years and positioning themselves to be successful going forward. Another question I have for you both, um, and maybe, Philip, you could take this one first. Uh, private equity specialists and entrepreneurs uh, are said to have much in common. Both thrive by being creative and resourceful and able to spot opportunities earlier than the pack. Um, entrepreneurs start companies from scratch, however, and private equity specialists take existing companies to the next level. How are these mindsets similar, and, and how do they differ? Well, that's a great question. Uh, we actually put out an annual industry piece called uh, Private Equity Watch. Uh, it takes a look at uh, really the last 12 months, but also takes a look out in the future. And one, one of the things when we were preparing that this year is we actually did some research around this exact question and ultimately did conclude that the traits of an entrepreneur are very much uh, uh, like private equity. And I guess just to list some of those and, and examples, uh, one being having drive, tenacity, and persistence. Uh, and when you look, you listen to that uh, trait, you're, you're really talking about, you know, again, the persistence, private equity's ability to work through the downturn. Another one, seek out uh, niches and uh, market gaps. Again, private equity continuing to both, you know, look at market opportunities, both geographic as well as uh, as, as business opportunities, sec- different sectors and industries. So, uh, again, the diversification of their model, both from a sector as well as geography standpoint. Uh, and, again, as Steve said, the emerging market's becoming a bigger piece. Uh, another trade, building an ecosystem of finance people and know-how. So, again, we've, we've seen the private equity funds uh, invest quite a bit in the back office, to really uh, support the increased interactions with their regulators and LPs. So, again, this this concept of, of continuing to build their ec- ecosystem of people, process, know-how, part of that also is uh, the building up of the uh, operating partners and portfolio support teams, again, building out their whole... Uh, uh, their support model for private equity. Some of those, uh, some of those things sounds like sound like uh, a menu for for good business practices in general. Uh, Steve, I'm wondering if you, if, what your view is on this and how they're similar or different. Well, one one thing that is certain is that the financial uh, disruption uh, did force private equity shops, and the same holds true for venture capital. Uh, forced them to become much more institutionalized and organized than they they had been. And in many instances, and this is an exaggeration, uh, they resembled more cottage industries than than uh, organizations that were managing hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars. Uh, it is absolutely true that they have become far more organized, uh, uh, sophisticated 
and have invested more of their management fees in building out the internal infrastructure needed uh, to be truly viable uh, businesses, and this is true. And I, I would I would agree that many, uh, if not most, private equity professionals do share a lots a lot of traits with entrepreneurs. What I suspect, though, is that entrepreneurs don't perceive private equity professionals as being kindred spirits. Um, in, in fact, uh, although the relationship may, it may be unfair to characterize it as adversarial, um, I think uh, if, if you were to poll uh, entrepreneurs, uh, they would not see much of themselves in the way private equity professionals uh, do business. And I think the differences have to be that uh, uh, these days, uh, the PE professionals have to ask, uh, operate with a level of precision, persistence, of course, but with a level of precision um, uh, and sense of reorganization that uh, the entrepreneurs generally don't, don't see. Uh, uh, there's there's also I think very substantial difference in the way they would perceive the role of control in companies. Uh, we could probably talk about this for for an hour or more. Um, uh, but yes, um, in terms of academic literature and the classic characteristics of entrepreneurs, I think you would find them in PE professionals. Uh, but I'm not sure the twain shall meet. Okay, thank you. Uh, on to another question. Many emerging markets are expected to grow at twice the rate of developed markets over the next 30 years. Everyone's familiar with those kind of statistics. Uh, thanks to young populations, growing middle class with disposable income, uh, all the usual reasons. Uh, where will the best opportunities lie, though? Uh, not just with the BRIC countries, which people are very familiar with and, and expecting great things from, but also in the, the group behind that, the frontier group, of markets, some people are calling them uh, markets like Africa or countries like Turkey, Indonesia, Vietnam, South Africa, uh, Mexico, Chile, Peru. All, all of the above. Uh, uh, if if I could uh, uh, jump in first on this, uh, uh, there has been very significant growth beyond the BRICS in private equity. Uh, the um, Africa as a continent alone, uh, you know, heretofore when we thought Africa, we thought South Africa, and that is no longer the case. There are at least 50 viable, uh, meaningfully sized private equity funds operating in Africa uh, right now throughout the continent. Uh, Kenya, Nigeria, um, uh, uh, Tunisia, Egypt, uh, and South Africa are enjoying a, a great deal of it, but it's, but it's, it's fairly widely uh, disseminated and uh, I think that growth will continue. Uh, uh, there's certainly a lot of positive mindset. Funds are springing up in Turkey and Indonesia and in Vietnam. Uh, uh, the, the latter two, uh, particularly Vietnam, would not have, have been uh, really on anyone's radar screen five years ago. Uh, and you've mentioned uh, 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 Peru uh, and Colombia. Uh, there is uh, a proliferation of funds in both of those countries. What's driving it? Um, as you say, the, the expansion of the middle class. But what, what is really going on 
is that uh, many of the companies in those markets, in efforts to expand their markets and become globalized, need additional capital. And traditional sources of capital, like banks, simply aren't there uh, to meet the need, uh, creating a, a, an opportunity for private equity funds and a willingness by entrepreneurs and by the business owners to think differently about what their relationship to a source of capital will be. Um, so yes, it's the macro environment that's driving it all, but it's the, the realization of the entrepreneurs uh, that they, they have to do business differently and see capital in alternative ways. Um, and uh, it's allowing the, the PE funds to step in. Philip. Yeah, I think uh, we, I would agree 100% uh, uh, with what was said. I think we we we, could, we expect to continue to see growth in the BRICS, the emerging markets, as well as the frontier markets. I think at the end of the day, what we're looking at here is a diversification strategy uh, for each of the PE for the for the larger PE funds, really around you know mat, you know taking to investing in the countries with higher GDPs. And ultimately, that can translate into higher returns, uh, and bring, you know, incorporating that into their investment strategy along with the more mature markets. So, so we would expect to see both the continued investment in both the emerging as well as the frontier markets, and all the markets that Steve said are, are on the radar of many of the private equity firms. Uh, I would also agree 100% with the 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 concept of entrepreneurship. Uh, uh, having just been down in Brazil for a week, uh, uh, you know most of the of the private equity transactions in the market are not the typical LBO model. They essentially are uh, private equity teaming with entrepreneurs, making minority investments, less than fifty percent investments, and teaming with the entrepreneur to drive growth. So it's really around helping the entrepreneur grow the company and uh, position it for success. So. So a lot of the things that Steve said I agree with, and uh, well, I'd expect both the frontier markets to increase in, uh, in importance to private equity as we move forward. Just real quickly, could we just ask, uh, could I ask each of you to name a couple of sectors that you think would be uh, particularly interesting in, in, in different regions? Um, not to be flip, but almost anything, but, <laughs> but in, in particular, depending on the market you're looking at, uh, uh, Plays in in uh, education uh, are actually uh, rising just about everywhere uh, as families look for alternative ways of educating their children and preparing them prof- professionally and for trades. Uh, there is an increased attention to healthcare, which is largely driven by the demands of middle class to go beyond the publicly provided healthcare f- uh, facilities in most countries to privately provided care. So those, those are two. Uh, but you will see in industries that we would consider very basic or fundamental in, in the U.S. or Europe, uh, such as agriculture, uh, food distribution, um, uh, retail, these are all going to be very critical strategic plays in virtually all of these countries. Thank you. And Philip, what, what ones would you like to cite? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I agree. It's it's pretty much across the board. I think we see uh, continued uh, large investment in, in oil and gas as that industry changes, and and some of the opportunities. Private equity teaming with corporates to uh, uh, to invest in that space. 
healthcare and technology as well. Uh, technology uh, continues to be at the forefront of private equity investment. I think when we take a look at uh, the emerging markets, again, driven by the middle class uh, and the increased consumerism, we're going to see increased, uh, you know, a lot of the deals around retail consumer products. Steve mentioned uh, education. We continue to see a lot of uh, transactions in that space. I think healthcare as well. And then probably lastly, in uh, a lot of the emerging markets and developing economies, infrastructure. So uh, a lot of dollars to be spent in infrastructure, and I think private equity has a role there. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.